Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. For deliverance from a flood. He prayed and prayed, God deliver me, save me. And the water got to his ankle of the house, an ankle deep. And he started praying. Then a friend came and said, what are you doing here? Look, this, this thing is going to get flooded. Uh, we need to get out of here. He said, don't, don't bother me. I'm praying God is going to deliver me. So the guy drove off with his car. And then the ankle, the water got uh, waist deep. So somebody came with a motorboat, you know, uh, and said, come on, let's go. What are you still doing here? They said, this thing is coming. It's getting worse. The guy said, no. I'm believing God. I've prayed. I've fasted. God will deliver me. So the guy drove away with his, with his boat. And then he climbed up the roof. The, the water was now roof high. And then somebody came, the rescue team, with a helicopter and said, come on, let's go drop the, 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 the ladder and say, climb up. The guy said, no, I'm a Christian. I prayed. God will deliver me. And the water came, covered it up, and he drowned and went to heaven. He went to heaven. He was born again. Praise God. And then he said, God, I don't understand. You said if you pray, believe in you receive. You will have it. I prayed. I prayed. And you didn't deliver me. God said, what else did you want to do? I sent you a guy with a car. You didn't take it. I sent you a boat. You refused it. I even sent you a helicopter at the last minute. And you were too dumb, dumb to see it. Welcome home. That's your house there. Praise God. And that's how some people get surprised. They're praying for things. They're praying for help. They're praying for breakthroughs. And God sends it. But they cannot see it. They are too spiritual. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. So many times the things that we are praying for are just around us. And many times the things that we need that God has sent, he has sent through people. But if we are too, let me this way so that people won't think I'm talking to you. <laughs> too stubborn, too spiritual, and too proud to connect with the people that God has placed in our lives, we will do without a lot of things that God has provided. Amen. Because one of the ways he provides it is through people. Amen. So we're going to have to learn how to make friends. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And make the right kind of friends. Amen. You know, I asked one time, and, and you know, an assignment in this church, the Bible talks about the pillars of wisdom. I said, can you write down the seven pillars of wisdom? Some people did the assignment. I, in my own study, discovered that one of the pillars of wisdom is right relationships. It's one of the pillars. In this life, one of the things that influences people the most are the kind of people you hang out with. And you're going to have to choose the right kind of relationships if you are going to achieve God's purpose on the earth. 
You're going to have to choose. That's one of the areas that is your responsibility to walk with God in, to know who to connect with, and to know who to disconnect from. Because the relationships you have will either help you to achieve God's plan and God's purpose for your life, or will influence you in the wrong direction. So relationships are very powerful things. They're very powerful tools. Why? Because God is love. And the way love works, love connects. In short, one of the reasons why God made man is because God wanted friends. Praise God. Do you know that God wanted friends? He, he could survive by himself. We don't even know how long he has been uh, existing. Time is not big enough to count it. But the Bible says, says, let us make man in our own image, in our own kindness, in our own likeness. And the Bible says, somebody said in a certain place, which I think is probably one of the angels, what is man that thou art mindful for him? And the son of man that thou visited him. So, so, so God wanted to visit someone. Somebody said, hallelujah. And he created man and he would leave his all his throne and come and just spend some time and relax. And he said, let's talk about it. What do you think about that thing that I created? Man said, call, call him giraffe. You know, you see the neck is long. I think he should be called giraffe. I said, yeah, God said, okay, giraffe is his name. So God wanted a relationship. He wanted friends. The Bible talks about uh, Moses. The Bible said Moses is the, was the friend of God. In short, at the time when, when the, the brother and the, and the senior, senior, senior priest, the high priest came against Moses, Moses didn't even respond. God called him and said, aren't you afraid? I speak to other people in visions and dreams. But when it comes to Moses, we talk face to face as a man talks with his friend. And you still, we are not afraid. You're talking against him. And God left the scene. And Miriam became leprous. Moses had to pray for him. For, pray for her to be healed. So God is looking for friends. The Bible says God is looking for those who are in spirit and in truth, whose heart are perfect towards him. But oftentimes, God doesn't really find friends. He finds people who just want to get, give me, give me, give me, give me this. Hallelujah. We'll come back to Ecclesiastes chapter number four. That's where I'm going to be sharing mostly from. But let's go to Psalm one. 33. <clears throat> Excuse me. Psalm 133, we'll read the whole psalm. It's just a few verses. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 133 from verse 1. The Bible says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. Now, this is very key. He said, the right relationship are as valuable as the anointing. Now, I know many times people are seeking for the anointing because the Bible said the anointing breaks the yoke. In short, if you read it properly, you discover that one of the things that is done with the anointing is to confirm people in positions of authority. To enable them. Only kings are anointed. People who are on top are the ones that are anointed. 
So when somebody's an, an ordinary guy and he's brought forth in the days of the apostles, or sorry, in the days of, of Israel, and oil is poured on him, it means that he has been elevated to another position. He has been anointed for a new degree of glory. And God is saying to us today, this is the year of reigning. This is a season where we ought to reign, rule, rule on top. And one way to do that is by the anointing. But here, he's saying also that unity, working together, the right relationship is as valuable, that's the meaning of the word precious, as the anointing oil. That means that if you have the right relationships, it will take you to the top. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's continue to read. He said, For how many is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard even unto the border of his robe? Continue, next verse. He said, How many is as refreshing as the dew of Mount Hammon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessings, even life everlasting. Put it in the King James. That's the living translation, right? Let's read it in the King James. Verse 1. <clears throat> he said, Behold how good and, and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It said, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. He said, as the dew of Hammon and the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. You know, one of the things we, we started studying in the beginning of the year, it said, the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and exalted above the hills and the nations shall flow into it. He said unity, relationship, working together is like the anointing that comes upon the church. He said for there where people are working together in unity, he said what happens? God commands his blessing, even life forevermore. That's the same word. Eternal life. Somebody say hallelujah. So today I'm talking about making friends. Turn to somebody say, do you have a friend? Ask the person, who is your friend? Answer. I say, my husband is my friend. Yes, your husband should be your number one friend. But you should have other friends too. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> We're going to have to learn how to make friends in the kingdom of God. The Bible says two are better than one. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes. Chapter number four. If you read that verse very well, verse nine, he said two are better than one. They have a better reward for their effort. Some translation says they have a better reward than their individual efforts put together. Which means that when two people begin to work together, their effort is not added. It is multiplied. They have good reward. They have a better reward. They have more results than if they were working individually. So God is saying, if you want to get more results, partner with someone. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. <clears throat> You know, one of the reasons why God created marriage is this. 
uh, many of you know in, in, in Genesis 3, Genesis uh, 2.18 actually, the Bible says, And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. The same word good is the same word here. Two are better than one day because they have a good reward for their labor. That means that they are not as productive as they could be just by themselves. Let's get a help. So the second person was supposed to be what? A help that will help you to the top. That will help you carry out God's plan. That will join with you to fulfill the purpose of God. So he said, God said, let make him a help that is suitable for him. And here the same thing is also saying, he said, two are better. They get a better result than one. Because. So he tells you why two are better than one. He said, because what? They have a good reward for their labor. They have a better result for their labor. So if you want to have more results, you're going to have to have know how to make friends. Somebody say, amen. amen. Even in ministry, amen. if you want to have results, you're going to have to know how to make the right kind of friends. If God wants to teach, it's not everything he will just teach you directly by himself. Amen. There are many things he will do that. But there are sometimes he will send you to go and learn from somebody else. Amen. Because he made the body that way. Praise God. One of the reasons why some people don't, don't grow in ministry is because they don't submit to anybody. There's nobody that can teach them, tell them anything. And because of that, the ability to lift them to the other level, they have ignored. Look at what we just read this morning. The Bible says, God said to Elijah, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you. Praise God. So God spoke to the widow woman. So why did he not just multiply the oil when he spoke to her? Say, look, you have been faithful, you have faith. Now oil, increase. Why did he have to send a prophet, walk many distance, and then walk to her and say, give me food first? Because God planned it that way. He knew the woman had faith because he commanded the woman even before he spoke to, to, to Elijah. But for for the woman to receive what she needed, she had to partner with Elijah. And it's all over the scriptures. In short, that's the reason, one reason why God instituted the priesthood. Partnership. One comes with an offering and, and, and brings it. The other one spends time praying in the spirit and then blesses the one who brings the offering. They are both partners. If the one who is praying decides to go and go to the field to get the, 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 the grain, he will not have enough time to spend with God to receive that anointing. If the one who is supposed to go to the field refuses to go to the field, the one who is out there waiting on God will be without food. And after a while, he will abandon what he's supposed to be doing and go to the field. And then both of them will not prosper. 
So the only way it works is like the one who has been called to wait on God should not try to go to the field. Praise God. Should pray in tongues, even if it's 12 hours a day. You know you can be employed to pray. Yeah. Um, Yongi Cho has that. Full-time prayers. They clock in the morning, just pray in tongues till the evening and go. That's what they do every day. Full-time intercessors. And I think people should understand that. Some people are called to that. Some people say, go get a real job. That's a real job. That's a real job. And the reason why sometimes people are doing everything, jack of all trades, is because some people have not committed to doing theirs the way they should. That's why, that's why if God has called you into the ministry of finances, be diligent with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the church has a financial need, don't wait for the, the apostles, the prophets, the, 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 the prophesiers to bring the money. That's the time for you to prophesy in cash. Because it's a calling. And that's the partnership. And the Bible says when they come together, they have a better result. Because God made it that way. When God wanted to bless Abraham, after he had finished fighting against five kings, the Bible says that he sent Meshizedek. He was a priest. He didn't fight in the war. He just walked in with his priestly robe. And what did uh, uh, um, Moses do? The Bible says he gave him Abraham, not Moses. He gave him a tenth of everything he did. The law had not even been established at that time. In Abraham, the Moses hadn't come. And then he was blessed. Because God anointed the priest to bless him spiritually and anointed Abraham at that time. Because Abraham was a businessman. Abraham was not a pastor. He was a businessman. And he had to tithe. To the priest at that time. And that's one of the things that opened the door for his blessing. They were partners. How many of you know that the priest also prospered? One tenth of all those things, it takes care of some bills for some months. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Partners, partnership, relationship. When Jesus was born, God did not expect Joseph because, you know, even though after he had, he had received the angel and, 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 and believed that the wife was pregnant from the Holy Ghost, to now find a way to now take care of the Son of God. So what did God do? He looked for partners. Wise ones from the East. Praise God. That's why we dwell in the East Coast. Praise God. <laughs> That's where wealth comes from. <laughs> That's just a joke. You know that, right? And, and they came as partners. The Bible didn't tell us much about them, where they were from, who they don't, but they just brought enough gold, frankincense, and mar. People just think they just brought some tinkless. No. Most historians believe that those things sustained Jesus even till he started his ministry. When they traveled to Egypt, they were not looking for jobs. They were running for their lives. They had to be sustained. And God had a partner, somebody else to bring it. God did not rain the gold from heaven. And that's what we have to begin to understand 
the power of relationships. The right kind of relationships. Because there are some relationships that destroy. If you partner with the wrong people, they pull you down and derail you from the direction of God. And so you have to choose that. There are some people that God has placed and will place in your life that will help you to the next level. And there are some people God has placed in your life that you should help them to the next level. And that's the way partnership works. So that's the, one, that's the reason why you don't trivialize relationships. In short, one of the biggest and most important things that anyone can develop in life is the right relationships. That's what love is about. The Bible says love is the greatest. Love really is about principles and the attitude to develop proper relationships. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the scripture. He said two are better than one. One reason why. He said because they have a good reward for their labor. So if you want to succeed, you're going to have to partner with the right people so you can get the right reward. And so some of us will have to look at, look out for people who we can partner with. And partner doesn't mean that you just uh, you are seeing them all the time every day. It means that you can learn from them. You can hook up with them. You can, you, can, you can help them to what they are doing, and they can help you to what you are doing. The right kind. Amen. Amen. And sometimes you need to pray and decide, who does God want me to be close to? Of course, one of the most important decisions you ever make is who you marry. Marriage is a lifelong partnership. Hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. And this is not just because I'm married. I've been saying this before, even before I got married. It is more profitable to succeed here on earth to be married. Let me say two are better than one. If you are married to the right person. Praise God. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. Your spiritual life can be highly enhanced. If you are married to the right person. Right? Let's look at the next verse. He said, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. So he's telling you that, that relationships and partnerships is not only for productivity, it's also for adversity. That means that when things happen that they should, that should not, or when they fall, some translations say if one fall, that's not what this is. He said if, they, if both of them fall, one can help the other one get up. Hallelujah. That means that sometimes to arise to the top, you need someone to help you up. And the right relationships are very important. The right kind of friends. When you are going through, you know, health challenge, you need a friend that tells you, by his stripes, you will heal. Stop being afraid. Stop listening to that news. Turn it down. Get the word of God. Listen to the word. Hey, you're coming out of this. I'm planning a vacation. Next month, we are going together. That's the kind of friend you need. Not the time I say, oh no, I know, I, I know my neighbor, he was having the same issue and died. And my cousin had the same problem and he died. Hey, hey, hey. 
How did this happen? Delete his number <laughs> from your telephone. Praise God. People die that way. People die that way by listening to the wrong friends. And they think it's not my soul. I have faith. Listen, no matter how much faith you have, if you keep listening to the wrong things, it will steal your faith. Faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing the word of God. How does fear come? By hearing also, because fear is the same law of faith in the wrong direction. You can't, you can't keep listening to the negative and maintain your faith. It's not possible. So you have to keep out some of those negative friends. If they ring the bell, don't open the door. You say, that's mean. Yes, you need to protect your heart. Amen. When Abraham, when God said, go sacrifice your son, the Bible says when he, he went with some servant, he said he left them at the bottom of the mountain with the asses. Go read it. <laughs> That's what the King James says. <laughs> Leave them with the ass. And took his son off. Because if he had gotten there, do you think they would have allowed him to kill the son? No! They would say, hey, hey, Father Abraham, please don't do this. Kill me instead. God didn't say, kill your servant. So he had to leave those discouragers. Those ones who could not understand the will of God. Jesus had to turn to his disciples one time. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, because thou savourest not the things of God. You do not treasure the word of God like you do your natural thoughts. Because he was trying to influence Jesus in the wrong direction. But just like somebody said, Jesus himself had to get disciples. Right? Because he needed the relationships. Amen. Amen. He did. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The work he, he came to do, he had to separate for himself. Decide, even though one of them was, was a devil. But still, the 11 helped him to take the gospel around the world. He taught them. They were close to him. They spent time with him. One of them said, you know, where do you live? He didn't say, I live at uh, 22. Uh, uh, he said, come and see. He took them to the house, spent time with them. The Bible said oftentimes he would spend time with them and separate them and, and relax with them. So he had to pour into them and they eventually helped him to carry out the ministry. When he rose up from the dead, his work on earth was done. He said it was finished. He finished. Now it was to them he began to share, reminding them what he had said to them, commanding them to remember and to do what he said. So he command, committed to them the ministry. He had to raise people up. You cannot be a Christian and be isolated. Hallelujah. Because the Bible said that the Christian faith is based on love. And love demands that you develop relationships. You can't be a good Christian and be isolated. You have to begin to develop connections with people. Let me tell you the truth. It is hard to have good relationships on the flesh. That's why, that's why the commandments of love is given. It's... it's, it's it's, it's a challenge. Praise God. People who are close to you will offend you. 
If you want to have a friend, you have to know how to deal with offense. If anybody offends you and you cut off, let me tell you the truth, you will have no friends. Because you're looking for Mr. Perfect and Mr. Perfect is looking for Miss Perfect. And they haven't found it yet. Like some people say, oh, why did you leave your church? Say, oh, my church, ah, everybody, your friends, I'm looking for the perfect church. The guy said, now that you have come, you have made this church not perfect. Because if that's the way you are, <laughs> you're looking for a perfect church, no matter what church you enter, even if the church was perfect before you got there, you have ruined the perfection. So people are looking for what they are not. So you have to make up your mind to be tolerant or you won't have friends. Hallelujah. The same person who helps you today may rebuke you tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I'll continue. Because, because that's the way it works. And if you, if you refuse the rebuke, you cannot receive the help. And that's why the Bible says you should love. Look at even the Ten Commandments. The first four was about relationship with God. The remaining six was about relationship with man. Because God's number one principle from the beginning until the end is how to develop relationships. That's why how one of the ways you know a mature Christian is not because he speaks in tongues. In short, it's very clear in 1 Corinthians 13. He said you can speak in tongues of men and of angels. No, that, that does not mean you can speak your language and speak everything. He said you can speak in tongues of men. That means you can speak Russia, speak uh, Chinese, speak other human languages while you are speaking in tongues without having learned it. And then you can also even get out of this world and begin to speak the angelic language. And he said if you have no love, he said you haven't begun. He said you are zero. That means that if you have no relationships. I'm breaking it down. Because the Bible says, how can you say you love God you have not seen? When you can't love men that you see. The way you practice your love starts with humans. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Now we have to begin to find, understand some of these principles. You know, one of the laws God gave to them, he said, thou shalt not serve any grieving image. And I've said this many times. He said, why? Because God is not a graven image. He said, how can you serve a tree that does not move? Or you, you even make a, a statue of gold. It's like this. Five years time, you see. He said, what you are saying is that God is like that. But does God have an image? What is the image? A human beings, a living, walking human being. So Jesus Christ said, if you want to bless God, what do you do? You bless men. If you want to give a gift to God, what do you do? You can give it to man. I'm not saying take your tithe and give it to your cousin. I'm talking about, you say, <laughs> say God says, if you want to give to God, give to man. Yeah. God says they are specific offering. That's why he says that even the tithes, men receive it on earth. You're giving it to God, but men receive it on his behalf. So they are the type of offering you bring to the house. They are the type you can use to bless people. But all of these things, you have to recognize that you are walking in the love of God. And this is Christianity practical. Making friends, the right kind of friends. Hallelujah! I say hallelujah! 
Let's continue. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. He said, For if they fall, one can lift him his fellow up. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he, he hath not another to help him up. It's important to have the right friends, right relationship. Listen, no matter how mature we are Christian-wise, God placed the body of Christ. If you read 1 Corinthians 12, he says in such a way that each person has need of the other. It's, it's very key. He says the eye cannot say. Listen, the eye is very, very special. In short, the eye is so, it's so, it's so complicated that it is one proof that creation is not by evolution. It is not possible to have that quality and that complicated organ by chance. Science will tell you the same. It's not possible. It had to be planned. But yet, if you have an eyeball bouncing around, <laughs> some of you call nine one. <laughs> Say, I don't need the, I don't need the head, I don't need the legs. I am the eye. I can see. And start bouncing around. I, 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 me, and myself. <laughs> he needs, he has a problem. First of all, he gets blinded. Something will bust it soon. So, for the eye to work, it has to humbly sit on the face <laughs> and let the leg carry it to where it wants to go. It's a relationship. The Bible says that's the way the body of Christ works. We're going to have to develop proper relationships. It's challenging. Some people say, I don't want to have children. I don't want to have children. I'm tired. I don't want to Yeah, I know it's a challenge. But there are benefits too that you will miss. If I tell you some of the things, uh, challenges we go through sometimes in the morning before we get to church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, praise God. Sometimes we fight small battles. Missiles are flying just to get here on time. But we need them still. We need everyone. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, sometimes <laughs> when you're getting to some challenges, you get them. You know, there's no, there's no reincarnation. In the next life, I won't have this many children. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the truth. That's not the truth. The truth is that you need every single one. Every single one. God wants us to have plenty. Amen. Two are what? Better than one. Two are better than one. And the reason why is because you can help you want to succeed. And the Bible says if you are going through tough times, it said one can lift the other up. If you have a proper relationship, again, it's not just marriages. You can have good friends. We'll talk about that as we're concluding. You can have good friends. The Bible says that there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Yes. Amen. Yes. And if you're not married, you can have the right kind of friends, spiritually inclined, that you can talk to. Amen. You can call and, 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 and declare things that are, you are expecting and also share your challenges with. They can help you. Praise God. They can encourage you. They can advise you. There are many things that you don't have to reinvent that other people have already, you know, learned, gone through, and you just need their wisdom. 
You just need to know how to plug in. And humble yourself and learn from them. Don't say, I'm, I'm pulling myself by my own bootstraps. That's why you're still on the floor. You're not moving anywhere. Because you don't even tie your boots. You need someone who can help you to the top. And many times when you're going through challenges, and that's one of the things the Bible says friends are needed, you need someone to help you, to encourage you. You need someone to, to, to lift you up. You know, when I began to study that, well, I, I like to go and look at the original words just to see how they, 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 they relate. When the Bible says arise, that's the same word you need. See, you say there's nobody to help them to arise. There are people that God has placed in your path that are there to help you to the top. Grace connections. Praise God. And that's what the Bible means with favor. Favor with God often is translated to favor with men. I shared a video with my wife yesterday. I just saw it online as I was going. There was this lady. She was, she was a cashier in, uh, in, in Target, right? And, and she just joined the military. And one day she went to work in Target. And while she was working in the cashier, there was this other uh, uh, woman that was looking at her. She was, she was from uh, African descent with black, dark skin. Um, African-American descent in terms of talking about the color of the skin. I just want you to know the difference. And then there was this person who you call a Caucasian who was staring at her, staring at her. She was like, why is this woman staring at me? You know, and after a while, she came close to her and, and said, you know, I, I can't remember the exact words, but I would just put it in my own paraphrase and said, do you know you can be the next Miss USA? She laughed and said, forget you don't understand. I'm in the military school. I'm getting into the military this, this is my primary job. I'm not even thinking about that. So she said, please, can you just see me at this particular place? I gave her an address, a, a, a kind of a cafe to see her. To cut the long story, the, the story short, after trying six times, after the woman convinced her to, to get into the patient, the, the pageant, she, she failed. She would call the woman and said, I don't think I can continue. She's like, I saw a glow in you. This was not just... A mistake. You can make it. The parents tried to convince her to give it up. She wouldn't. And, and, and the conclusion is that, guess what happened? She became Miss USA. And she was shocked when they gave her the crown. And what happened? It looked like it was a chance meeting. No. Somebody that God had arranged, that, had, that was placed there to help her to the top. Now, she could have cursed the woman out. Say, why? You're laughing at me because of my skin color. You're trying to make ridicule me. No, don't forget it. I don't make no, those kind of friends. Maybe she would have been a sergeant today or a good rank. But she may have missed some of the glory that God had prepared for her. There are people like that. There are people you meet that God used to take you to the next level. Now you have to be sensitive to the spirit. To recognize them. Now let's go back again to the scripture. I don't intend to keep us too late today. So important to make friends. Sometimes when you are challenged health wise. You need a friend. Praise God. You need a friend. The Bible says in James. Say confess your fault one for another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. That means it should be somebody who you can say. Ah, ah, look I know the Bible says I'm healed. But I'm feeling, I'm feeling a pain right here. I, I believe I'm healed. But I feel. I feel. 
That's not negative confession. Praise God. Now, you don't need to start telling everybody, this is the way I feel, this is the way I feel. Your feeling is not necessarily who you are. And you don't want to keep your feeling in your mouth all the time. But if somebody says, how do you feel? You don't have to try to tell the person, I don't feel anything. That would be a lie. Faith doesn't call those things that be as though they were not. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. If somebody says, how do you feel? You can say, well, I'm not walking by my feeling. The Bible says, by his stripes I'm healed. You're not telling a lie. You're not ignoring the fact that you feel. You are refusing to say what you feel. But if the person says, how do you feel? Do you feel a pain? You can choose to answer or choose not to answer. And if you choose to answer, you need to say the right things. If somebody says, all this thing about confession, how do I tell the doctor if I'm feeling the pain? First of all, you shouldn't feel the pain. You need to, you need to tell the doctor anyway. So that you have to. But if you have a pain and you need to go to the doctor, tell the doctor how you feel. Yes, <laughs> Praise God. Yes, Let me ask you this question. If somebody comes to ask you, I'm feeling the pain. This pain is very tough. tough. Do you think I should go to the doctor? What's the answer to that? Yes. If, if, if you are asking me, then you are not established in your own conviction. You are trying to use my faith to determine whether you should go to the doctor. I can choose not to. But for you, if you are not, if you are not fully persuaded, then you need help. Doctors are there to help you. They are there to help you. They will give you a needle that pains. But they will help you at the end. <laughs> Praise God. They are there to help, right? Now, people think that when we're saying faith, we say the doctors are wrong. They are not wrong. The thing is that if you start depending on them, the tendency is that you will lose the help of faith. Right? So they're there to help you. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a doctor. A friend could just help you. Tell you to dress warmer. You know, some people get into trouble just because they 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 just walk without wisdom. I had a sister who came from Africa one time. Winter, she wear a t-shirt and me walking there and I said, you are, you, are, you are playing with dangerous things. So he's like, oh, pastor, I'm fine. I'm not feeling any cold. I'm feeling any cold. I'm feeling cold. A couple of weeks later, she was dressing with blankets. <laughs> he said the, the cold had entered into her chest. You don't play with that. And I was here to help her. I was her friend. I'd gone before her. But she didn't want to listen. <laughs> Praise God. So there are people, that's why God have parents. You know, one of the things that God, you see God instituted, when he created man, the Bible says he said it's not good for man to be alone. And that's why he created families. Families are opportunities for people to be helped. So that before you know between right and wrong, somebody who already knows shows you what to do. And all you need to do is just listen and follow. It doesn't mean they are always right. But most of the time, if they kept you nine months in their stomach and left you and you came out, they care for you. Praise God. And they want to help you. So you have to have that in your, their, your mind and then listen to them until you can also make your own decisions yourself. Hallelujah. So we have to develop right relationships to come out of adversity. Sometimes you just need someone to help you up. Some people need to partner in their business. To get to the next level. Partner. Maybe you have the idea. Look for someone who has the money. Without the idea. And partner together. 
Don't say, ah, nobody's going to sponsor me. Nobody's going to sponsor me. Say, listen, I have this great idea. If you give me your 100,000, the profit that comes, I give you 40% and I'll keep 60. The guy said, no, I don't want 40. If I'm sponsoring the whole thing, I want 50%. You say, okay, 50-50. And you get to the next level. Oh, you carry that idea to heaven. He won't make any impact. Wow. And that's what some people have said. No money, no money. Find a good partner. There are people who have money. No, they don't have the time to use it. They don't know what to do with it. It's just sitting in the bank, making $3 a day. And you can use it and make more money. So find a partner. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. And if you have money and you don't have the time to, to use it, invest it. That's partnership. Find somebody who is succeeding and give him part of your money so that he can succeed more and you get back part of it. That's investment. Why you are still doing what you are doing? You are partnering. You are finding a friend. Somebody, that's where you, and you don't just invest in anything that comes. You have to discover, is this the right relationship, partnership, investment that I want? So God made it that we are not islands. We don't just live for ourselves, live to ourselves. We have to walk in unity with other people. We have to begin to discover that one way to go to the top it's the kind of relationships that we build. Let's round up quickly. There's a few more scriptures I wanted to see. Sit. Go back again. We are already in verse 11, I think. He said, again, if two lie together, go to verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but one to whom him who is alone when he falleth. For he had no one to help him up. Next verse. He said, again, if two lie together, then they shall, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? So that also has to do with inspiration. Sometimes you need to share with someone, talk to someone. You know, even spiritually, if you want to grow, you need somebody with like faith who you can share your revelation, who can encourage you. If you are speaking the scripture, we add another verse of scripture to it and help you build it up. And that's what the church is for. That's what relationships are for. To help stay one another up. Listen, no matter how spiritual you are, you can't grow effectively without fellowship. You know, people think some of these things about stopping gathering, social distancing, is just physical. There is a devil who is trying to stop evangelism in these last days. Wants to destroy people's faith. Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of yourselves together. As, you know, some are doing, especially in the last days, as you see the days approaching. The enemy knows that if you are social distancing, you can't really minister to people. Six feet apart. You can lay hands on the six, 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 six feet apart. And the Bible says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there are many things that these things are coming again. And then one of the major things is that they are stopping assembly of people together. I'm not saying the virus is not real or it's not important. But I'm saying that it's not only just trying to stop people's health. It's trying to destroy people socially and spiritually. Many months now people have been out of school. Some people don't know some of the impact. Some people who would have met their husband in the third year. At home, doing from computer. How many think you meet? How many husbands do you meet at home? <laughs> Thank God for online dating now, but it's not the same. People get online dating, and when they get home, they are shocked. 
the picture that they saw online was 25 years ago. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God for the opportunity to minister online. But you, that's not God's primary way. Praise God. I don't, I don't think I don't know. Some people who don't show us their video during Zoom class. Some of them are busy watching something else. Some of them are cooking. Some of them are, they're doing all kinds of stuff. It's a difference than coming together and sitting. Some people say, I'm watching online. The phone rings. They leave the online. They go outside talking on the phone. You can't get the same impact. There's a need to fellowship, to come out. Spend time together. It's God's plan. That's how we build one another, spare one another, you know, inspire one another, minister to one another. It's by coming together in fellowship. The anointing is increased. There is a corporate anointing which you cannot find sitting at home. So if you're watching me online, repent next Sunday, come to church. Somebody say hallelujah. If you don't have a good church, find one. If your church is closed, go to the one that is open. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. That's the work. That's the word of God. Because it's important to help people out of challenges. And the Bible says, whoa, is anyone who is alone when he falls. It means that there's a trouble for someone who doesn't have a close friend when he's going through tough times. And sometimes it's not just physical things. They encourage me. You know, many times when you are going through challenges and there's somebody that you really trust that you can talk to, half of the problem is solved. Because many times it's not just what you are going through. It's the pressure it puts on your mind. And if you have someone who you can relate to, who understands who can walk with you, who understands where you are in faith and, and will, not, will not just you know, blast you or, or judge you unnecessarily in the wrong direction, you have the problem solved. Right. You know science tells people that married people usually live longer than singles. It's not because marriage is such a great institution. It's because many times they know it helps them to release stress in many ways. In many ways. Some reserve for the couple's meeting. In many ways, you release stress. And one of the ways is talking. Talk. You just relate. Sometimes myself and my wife, we're talking from, from 10 in the evening to 5 a.m. Just talking. Relating, sharing stuff, ideas, talking about things, what we thought about things, and what we didn't think about, and getting to understand one another. Praise God. That's better than, than, than when the person walks in one room, you walk out the other room, and you get mad at everything, you kick the dog, and you don't know that the reason why is because stress, they are stressed out. You need somebody you can talk to. Hallelujah. And again, if you don't have a spouse, you can have a good friend, a spiritual friend, a brother or a sister that you can relate to. It's part of the kingdom. Don't be isolated. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't be isolated. Don't, don't walk this, this Christian uh, faith by yourself, just yourself. Talk to some half close, close Christian friends. Believers that you can relate to. Okay, let's continue. He said, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand. That means if you are attacked, put it up in the living translation. If you are attacked, he said that you can easily withstand it if you are two. 
He said, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Somebody say, hallelujah. How many of you have seen myself and my wife's picture? We are standing back to back. We are seeing this. I'm seeing all this way. She's seeing all that way. The idea is that you, if you partner with people, there are things that, that will help you that you have a better opportunity to overcome challenges. So it's important to develop the right relationships. Again, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be a good friend, one or two. You don't have to have too many friends, but you need to have some friends. Some friends. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody you can relate to and say, look, this is what I'm believing God for. And they'll pray with you, encourage you, and give you ideas. Sometimes one idea from one person can just change your life. I had a pastor call me recently. We're talking about how, how, how do you file your taxes as a church? I said, file my taxes as a church. I said, Ch- churches are taxes. He said, I know churches are taxes. But you know these people, they're always telling you to fight. Huh? I said, no. He said, what about that thing they sent to you at the end of the year that says, uh, uh, what did you spend? What did you do? How do you fill it? I said, you don't need to put anything on it. Just sign it and send it back. He said, that's all you need to do for the church? I said, yes. I said, go check it out. Don't just take my word for it before you do it. He called me back a couple of days. He said, you don't know how much work you saved me. Every year I've been troubling, calculating. I have to pay an accountant to calculate all this. And I did not know that as a church 501c exam, all I needed to do was just sign the button, put my name on it, the director, and send it back. One call. Saved him money, time, stress, possibility of getting himself even more in trouble because of some of those numbers. Relationships. Right relationships. Somebody who knows. He was born again, Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. But he needed to connect with the right person to help him. There are many things people are going through that if they had the right connection, they would have overcome it long time ago. Long time ago. Just the right people. And that's one of the things you want to pray for. God, bring the right people into your life. And drive the wrong ones away. Amen. Praise God. There's some people who are wasting your time. You know, annoying, just, just wasting your life. And many times when you are doing that, you are not able to now see and relate with the right ones. The right people will make a difference. They'll make a right difference. A Bible says a three-fourth cord, cord is not easily broken. I'm going to read a few more verses and we'll round up. Praise God. How many of you are going to develop good relationships after you leave this place? And treasure the ones that God has placed in your life that are good. Hallelujah. All right, quickly, let's look at Proverbs chapter number 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. People influence you, the people you hang out with. In short, the Bible tells us that, let's look at this one first. It says, he that walketh with the wise men shall be wise. And a companion of fools shall be destroyed. He didn't say the companions of fools may even become a fool. As long as he's hanging out with fools, what will happen? You'll be destroyed. So the people you hang out with determines in a large extent what you experience in life. The Bible says if you hang out with the wise, what will happen? You become wise. 
So if you discover you don't know what to do, you feel like you don't understand, you're not walking in wisdom, what do you do? Look for the wise man. Go hang out with them. He said, but they don't want me to hang out with them. There is a way you can hang out with the wise. Sometimes you listen to their messages. Somebody say, hallelujah. You don't have to go there physically. If you're listening to them all the time, you, you will begin to understand how they think and walk with them. You say, but I don't know many wise men. You, there are many of them. Let me show you one of the reasons, one of the ways to identify wise men. Wise men are rich. Amen. <laughs> the Bible said the wise man is wealth and riches in his house. If he got that kind of money, there's something he knows. So hang out with him. Listen to him. It's a dumb dumb that's trying to advise a wise man. He doesn't have nothing, and the wise man has everything, and he thinks he knows better than the wise man. Just listen. Even though you think you know things he doesn't know, there are things he probably does that you need to learn from. I like what somebody said. He said one reason why they call money currency is because it has a current. It flows. That's why they call it currency. Now, if you have the right potential difference, money flows to you. So if money is not flowing to you, there's something wrong. Maybe your you are, you are charge is wrong. Negatively charged. Or positively charged. Because current flows to the negative. Hallelujah. And you may just need, you know, when, when, you, when you stay close enough to a charge, you, you, the charge can rub off on you. Just hanging out with them. Just hanging out with them. You can get, you can get a lot of wisdom. You know, there are some people you hang out with, when you live there, you just choose to be rich. And some people hang out. When I leave there, I go and polish my shoe. Right? right. There's some people you hang out with. When you see their house, see their car, your, your, your mindset just changes. There's one thing to hear it. There's another thing to see it. And many times that's what God does. He wants you to see it so that you can re- renew your mind. And one way to do it is to get into the circles of the people who are already operating that way. It's the same way spiritually. You want to grow spiritually? Hang out with people who are spiritually inclined. It will affect you. You just just been in their presence alone. There's something that you imbibe from it that changes your life. You want to have a good marriage? Hang out with people who have good marriages. You discover the way they talk to their spouse. Praise God. Some people just talk to their spouse and they wonder why their marriage is not working. Hang out with the people who are having fun. You discover they don't talk like that. They don't talk like that. You learn with that, that experience alone. We change your life. So hanging out with the right people makes a difference. You learn. Praise God. All right. I said we need to round up this. Let's look at Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs 18, let's look at verse 24. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So if you're going to have friends, you're going to have to be friendly. And again, we don't have, we don't have time. We we'll studied this before about love. First Corinthians 13. The Bible said love is patient. Love is kind. If you're going to have friends, you're going to have to be patient 
And you're going to have to be kind. You know what kindness is? Kindness is to do good things for people. In short, we'll look at it in the next verse. The Bible says, a man that giveth gifts has many friends. If you are stingy and you are selfish, even your neighbor will run away from you. If you want to have friends, you have to become what? A giver. A friendly person. A kind person. Somebody who is always thinking of how to help. One reason why people don't have friends is that they are self-centered. It's about me. I protect my own. I don't want to share. You have friends. You don't even want to share your time. You don't want to share your comfort. The one who wants to have friends is a giver. The person who wants to help other people, wants to put value on other people, has wants to give, wants somebody else to be blessed, thinking of how to lift somebody else up, how to help somebody. And so one of the ways you get into circles is not to try to go and get, is what? To go in to give. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. And many times when you are wanting to be a blessing, it gets multiplied back to you. You don't necessarily go and say, okay, let me just use this to get something. No. The idea is that you have a blessing mentality in your mind. Someone say hallelujah. Let's look at it. Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter number 19. Let's read verse 4 and then 6 to 7. Proverbs 19, the very next chapter. I remember one time, myself and my wife, we prayed. We, we had a friend. I'm sure I can mention his name, Pastor Mike Freeman, still our friend. Uh, we said, let's go, let's go sow a seed with Pastor Mike Freeman. We've not seen him for a while, so we prepared a gift. You know, he has helped us in sharing the word, give, being an example to us. You know, um, and so that day we decided to go and sow a seed. So we took a seed there and, you know, called that we were coming and said, okay, come. We went there and, and, and said, we just felt led to sow this on you. And so he, he thanked us. And as we were about to go, he said, are you guys going for uh, Azusa Street, uh, we said, we were thinking about it. We just haven't concluded. He said, would you like to fly with me? Praise God. And that's how we got on the private jet. Praise God. It was, it was a good experience we had with him. I told you the last time, uh, Pastor Frederick Pride, who's just gone home to be with the Lord, saw us back to the private jet when we were leaving. Shook us as we were entering the plane. We didn't have to pull our shoes. They didn't pull our coats. They didn't scan our hair. You just entered. They asked us, where do you want to put your bag? Praise God. Nice flight back. And it was in the continental jet. But how did it happen? We did you go there to say, hey, uh, I hear there's an assistant street. Uh, Do you have space in your jet? What do you think you would have said to us? (laughs) And I said, hey, hey, this is a private jet. (laughs) Delta goes to to California. (laughs) One way you get in the circles is to have gifts, to be a giver. All right, uh, Proverbs 19. He said, many will increase the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Thank God for Benevolence Sunday. I hope somebody brought a gift today. Hallelujah! I say hallelujah. Verse 7, quickly, verse 7. Verse 7, all the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? 
He pursued them with words, yet they are wanting to him. He that getteth wisdom leveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. So the Bible says he's pursuing them with words. What should he be pursuing them with? Gifts. But he's so poor, not poor financially, poor in his mind that he thinks that he's just going to use words to pursue them. And they are running from him. But if you had gifts, you know, some people have used this. One of the best ways to see a man in authority say, I have a gift for you. He will create opportunity for you to see him. Right? You say, oh, I'm trying, I need some help. And you say, okay, uh, call my secretary to call my advisor, to call my assistant. <laughs> and maybe in three months, there will be an opening. But you say, have, I have a special gift for you. How many of you think, think you say, okay, in three months? You say, okay, um, this is my address. <laughs> you can drop it there tomorrow afternoon. Gifts open the doors. Gift open doors. And so one of the ways to be friendly is to be a giver. And sometimes not just money. You can give, you can give advice. You can give your time. Say, can I help you with your babysitting? Sometimes people, people need that more than money. Say amen. amen. Give help. Give, make an impact in people's lives. And you discover that you are going to have many friends. One last verse of scripture I'm going to read and we're going to close. Let's go to Luke chapter number 16. I would like to read the whole uh, from verse 1, but many of you know the story. The Bible talks about the, the, the shuid servant. She should, I don't know. Should, should, should. Yeah, should, should, should servant, should servant, should servant. I speak, my primary language is tongues uh, from heaven. Praise God. <laughs> I have to learn earthly language. Shrewd servant. The Bible said there was a man that had a, who had a, a servant who, who was not doing very well. And he says, you're going to get fired. The man said, me fired, fired. Okay. Uh, how long do I have? He said, a couple of days prepare. You're going to hand over the account. So the guy said, what am I going to do? I'm too proud to beg. I can't dig. He says, so I'm going to see what I do. He said, call the guy's, the guy's uh, uh, debtors and say, how much do you owe my master? He said, thousand. He said, reduce it. 500, 500. Okay, go, you are free. Another one, how much do you owe? He said, he said 2,000. He said, reduce it to 50, 50. And the Bible said that the master commended the servant. Not because what he did was right. But look at the verse 8. He said, and the Lord commended the servant who was the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Look at verse 9. Some of you may not have considered it. And I say, I say unto you, he said, make to yourself friends of the mammal of unrighteousness that when they fail, they may receive you unto everlasting life. Put it in the New Living Translation. He said, what he actually said, he said, use your money to make friends. The purpose of money is to make friends and expand the kingdom. That's why one reason you have money. Why? One of the one of the reasons why you need to be rich is because the poor man, nobody wants to come to you. You have no gifts to give. You can't preach properly. You can't even get out of town to preach the gospel. But when you have money, you can influence people. You can make friends. You can expand the kingdom with money. Verse 9. He said, I say unto you, make friends for yourself 
by unrighteous mammon. Is that a, is that the New Living Translation? New King. Okay, put it put it in the Amplified or the New Living. Put it in the Amplified first. He said, "Here is the lesson." That's what he's saying about the the servant who was cheating. He said, "He's changing again on me." Okay, put it in the New Living. I'm already started with that. I'm flowing with that now. <laughs> then we can go back to the Amplified. He said, here is the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and what? Make friends. So what are you supposed to do with your money? Sometimes something. What are you supposed to do with plenty of money? Make friends with it. Make friends. Help people. Make friends with it. Use it to be a blessing. Say, can I pick you up for church? Have you ridden in my new car? Let me pick you up. You can't say I can ride. Say, listen, I would like to pick you up today. Let's ride together. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make friends with it. Make friends. He said, here is a lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. So how do you make friends? Make sure it benefits them. He said, then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Talking about when you get to heaven, you have people there who will welcome you when you get to heaven. Because with your finances, you were able to win them over and made friends with them and got them saved. Put it in the Amplified. So one reason why you need to come for the finance seminar, the kingdom wealth seminar, is that you can have enough money to make friends. The Bible said the poor man has no friends. He's begging them with words, but they are running away. But the one who has gifts, who has money to be a blessing, has friends. You know that sometimes the, poor, the rich people do even speak rashly and they still have friends. Say, get out of here, get out. I don't see you. The next day the guy come again. Come again say, please sir, please sir. Money makes friends. The only thing is that once the money disappears, those same friends are gone. They cut them out now. So you dumb dumb. I was following you because you have money. You don't even have any anymore. He said, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of the righteous money. Deceitfully riches and money possessions, so that when it fails. And, do, and they, those you who have favored may receive and welcome you into everlasting habitations and dwellings. So you need money to make friends. Again, you say, well, I don't have so much money. Start with the little you have. Amen. Sometimes it may just be a call. Give a call. Say a nice word or send a card. Send something somebody needs. Take time to be a blessing. Cook for them. Some people don't know that a lot of men, not all, like food. Hallelujah! hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, in, in certain uh, localities, they tell you that the, one of the ways to a man's heart is through his bed. <laughs> so not all, not all men, but a lot of men like, like good food. Oh, good food. Right, rightly, rightly prepared. Rightly prepared. Rightly prepared. And you can make a friend by 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 being a good cook. Just surprise him or her with some nice food. But you have to know what the person likes. Amen. And do what he likes, not just what you like. Amen. Praise God. And, and spice the person out with your spices. You know what I'm talking about? You have to be. You have to watch out what they like. So I'm saying you can be nice. You can you can you can you can make nice food. You can you can get nice things. Sometimes you can just 
you know, something you see that you think the person may like. The first thing is that you are thinking about all that's not of yourself. One of the ways that love is practiced is by giving, giving, giving. You have to be ready to enrich others. You have to be ready to add value to others, to bless other people, to make them rich, make them happy, make them enjoy life, give something that they did not even ask for. You begin to make friends. And that's one way to win souls. Be kind, be friendly. People who are isolated and self-contained, never have friends, cannot win souls either. Because you don't have a means to reach them. People usually listen to people who they love, who they appreciate, who they like, who they admire. And of course, you can, you can build yourself up so much that they want to see you. But one of the ways is there's something that you're giving. Praise God. I know some people think all these entertainers don't give anything. How come they are making millions? Go and find out. They are giving a lot. Many of them practice and they practice just to make other people smile. To give them entertainment. Some people are so stressed that when they watch them, they are happy, they are relaxed. That's why they give them the money. Think if they just put a shabby thing out there, they will just be doling out large cash? No. They, they take the time to produce the kind of quality that they think will be a blessing to somebody else. To lift them up, to make them excited, to challenge their thinking, to blow their imagination. That's why they give them the money. So they are actually giving things. And it costs them something to do what they are doing. But some people don't care about whether other people are blessed, whether other people are happy, whether what they are doing is sufficient. They just say, oh, that's the way I like it. And then they are looking for friends. You have to be a blessing to other people. So my message today... Make the right kind of friends. It will take you to the top. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. Be a giver of gifts. Amen. Be a giver. Every benevolent Sunday, don't come by yourself without anything. Think of how can I be a blessing to someone. Some of the friends you need may just be people around you. They may be around you, just not your friend. You give them a gift. Pray for them. And God could use that gift or any other gift. To be a blessing to you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This year we are operating from the top. This is our fellowship month. We begin to break barriers of tradition, of religion, of, of fear, of self-centeredness, of mindsets. This is just the way I am. We begin to go out to make friends so that we can preach the gospel to them, so that we can show them and lift them up. And in the same way also, we are also making friends with people who can lift us up because we need one another. They need us. We need them. Lord, we're not going to live isolated lives. We're going to take the challenge of entering into proper relationships. Even when it's challenging, when people can hurt us and people have hurt us in the past, we're still going to be bold to love, to forgive. To partner with someone, to relate, to give, to expect the best. That's what love is about. We're kind, we're patient, not easily angered, not easily provoked. We don't keep records of wrong. You said, he that keeps record of wrong separate very friends. Who repeats a matter will not have friends. So we've let go of the matters of the past. We forgive, we give, we are excited. You said, you said love does not rejoice in, in, in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. That means one way to make friends is to be joyful. To be joyful. Nobody wants to hang around a sad, 
depressed, nagging person. We choose to be joyful in the truth, to be joyful so that we can have the right kind of friends. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We know that the way to minister the gospel is to reach out to people, to have divine connections. So we give up every hindrance and start today to make more meaningful relationships and friends. In Jesus' name. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.